This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. However bad life might seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. Where there's life, there's hope. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. Yom HaShoah, or in English, Holocaust Remembrance Day, falls on the 27th day of the month of Nisan, which is generally April or May on the Gregorian calendar. If that date happens to fall on a Shabbat, it's shifted by a day. That date was chosen because it's the anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, and at 10 a.m. in the morning in Israel, air raid sirens are sounded, and people stop whatever they're doing. They stop their cars if they're driving, and they pay homage and respect and commemoration to the six million Jews who perished in the Holocaust. All of the entertainment venues are closed, and the flags, they fly at half-mast. It's a time of profound sorrow and introspection. Did you know that the English word holocaust comes from a Greek word meaning sacrifice by fire. Shoah is the Hebrew word for catastrophe or whirlwind, and some translate it as utter destruction. But mere words do the experience no justice. In fact, for all the ink spilled and all the testimony given and the films produced and the tears that have flowed, we will never be able to truly understand or articulate the magnitude of that catastrophe, a catastrophe that is seared into the consciousness of every single Jew. When I was growing up, many of my friend's parents were survivors the ubiquitous tattoos that inked the forearms of their hardworking fathers and mothers made it impossible for me to forget or properly assimilate the horror. You know, one friend's father, he used to wake up every single night screaming in fear, and another girlfriend's mother showed marked mental imbalance, and we kids all knew why. For some of my friends, their parents' suffering was this silent wall, an impenetrable fortress that manifested in many ways like overprotectiveness, overfeeding, obsession with cleanliness, ceaseless worry. And for some, there was the bitter anger that never quite abated. But for others, There was the perpetual cheer, the refusal to treat any pain as valid. After all, how could the struggles of a child who has a bed and three meals a day carry any weight? Many of my friends learned quickly to bury their struggles from parents who they knew, even by six years old, were not equipped to cope with them. One of my closest friends used to say that her inner world was regulated by what she called the Auschwitzometer. What was that? Well, it meant that if she was outside and it was raining and she had to walk home from school, she'd say to herself, well, 
it's not the death march, and at least I have shoes. Or if she didn't like her dinner, she might say, well, at least I have food. And if she didn't like her back-to-school clothes, she might say to herself, well, at least they're not lice-infested striped uniforms. And for this friend, you know, she never learned to sit with her negative feelings of any sort. Because when one's parents were in Auschwitz, what right did she have? And yet, still there was a precious few I knew whose grit and fortitude brought them to an unimaginably high and lofty place. People who had been through the fire and seemed as though they were refined by it. People who chose life and all of its blessings and focused on blessings. There were folks who came back from the dead and started new families, new businesses. They maintained their faith and they celebrated it. So for those of us who loved Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, we discovered that based on his psychological hypotheses, which he called logotherapy, and by the way, logo means meaning, those who could find purpose and meaning, even within suffering, may have had a better chance of survival, or at least experienced some positivity during their very difficult days. And the late Stephen Hawking said, However bad life might seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. Where there's life, there's hope. And of course, Friedrich Nietzsche said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. When I think about the Shoah, I think about the Nazi guards who understood this principle and perverted it and inverted it intentionally as a means of demoralizing and demeaning prisoners. There are stories of people being forced to shovel fields of snow, only be told at the end to put all the snow back into place and then to do it again. Prisoners who were forced to carry heavy boulders across a field, and once they arrived to set them down, pick them up, and then carry them right back. Just as the Talmud teaches us that in Egypt, the slaves would be forced to build the storehouses on a kind of a sinking sand, so that whatever structures they erected today were gone tomorrow. You know, I think of the mythological Sisyphus who was punished in the underworld by the mythological Greek god Zeus. Zeus forces him to roll a boulder up a hill for eternity. And every time he nears the top of the hill, that boulder rolls back down. So how does one commemorate the experience that the world's greatest philosophers have contemplated and the ancient Greeks mythologized? How do we properly elevate the souls of those who went into the fire never to return? How do we remember and elevate the lost generations, the tree whose roots were dug out? Well, first of all, it is well understood that none of us should have the right, the capacity, the utter chutzpah to have an opinion one way or another about how one should or could process that kind of devastation. All responses to the Shoah in those who experienced it are equally valid. Whatever one needs to do to put one foot in front of another and continue to live, well, it would need to be enough. And when we see suffering, we don't offer philosophical words of wisdom in a person's moment of distress. We're meant to bear witness to it 
It's empathy, not sympathy. It's a hand up, not a romanticization or a rationalization. And from this wisdom, I am reminded of the famous Talmudic passage between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Eliezer grew sick, so Rabbi Yochanan went to visit him. Rabbi Yochanan saw that Rabbi Eliezer was weeping and said to him, Why do you weep? Is it because you didn't study enough Torah? Certainly you learned. The one who studies much and the one who studied little share the same merit as long as their hearts were directed to heaven. Is it perhaps because you lacked wealth? Because not everyone can enjoy two tables. Is it perhaps because you lacked children? This is the bone of my tenth son. Rabbi Eliezer replied to him, I weep because of my beauty that is going to rot in the earth. Rabbi Yochanan said to him, For that, you surely have reason to weep. And they both cried together. Rabbi Yochanan further said to him, Is your suffering welcome to you? Rabbi Eliezer replied, Neither it nor its reward. Rabbi Yochanan said to him, Give me your hand. So he gave him his hand, and he raised him up. There are no words of philosophy that can replace the act of being a witness, no film that can capture the horrors, no definitive or satisfying answers to the most frequently heard question asked, where was God during the Holocaust? No, there is only the hand given that raises up. There is only the crying together. There is only bearing witness. This week of Yom HaShoah, can you offer a hand to raise up someone in pain? Can you cry with someone to share their sorrows to half them? Can you bear witness and search for meaning? And can you live for the very thing that they died for? Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.